This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. Coming up on today's show, we talk about racism in sport and how recent incidents have caused uproar on social media and in life. Now, how are current athletes reacting to the abuse from the crowds is another story. And is there a right way of being professional when it comes to being in a position to be able to do something you love in sport, react in a certain way which has to be professional, despite the person in front of you not being professional? All that and more in a complete roundup of what's hot on the weekend in sports on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back to the halftime show. Now, if you're just tuning in, where have you been all weekend? It's been a mad weekend this week in the world of sport. Before we start the halftime show, I'll give a massive shout out to all those tuned on to Instagram Live on at Omar Adouri and Pulse95Radio.com. Susie, Roda, Danny, uh, Darren, Woo. we've got Murad, who am I missing? Fatoum, Segredo, man, the list goes on. I'm so flattered you guys are tuned in from all around the world. We've got Verona in here, we got London, we got the UAE, all tuned into the halftime show. Now on the show today, we're talking something serious. I'm going to have to tone it down a little bit. And that is racism in football. Now, from Parks to Premier League, the shock the shocking scale of how racism has a part in sport football and society is unbearable now in february a west ham fan allegedly showered islamophobic abuse at mohammed salah at the london stadium and shortly after that the liverpool striker was the target of chance by chelsea supporters describing him as a bomber now all these comments and all these things for a professional like mohammed salah shouldn't really face him but again at what point do we stop the line where do we draw the line especially on social media that's another thing. And how many times have we heard that happening all over Europe? Like in Italy with Napoli's Koulibaly, Moise Keane when he was at Juventus before he joined um, Everton recently. And even a certain Mario Balotelli in Ligue 1 who almost walked off the pitch a couple of times having received unbelievable, uh, unacceptable uh, abuse from the fans. Now, here is my job to be able to spread that kind of awareness especially in this day and age and Roda agrees with me online as he's just said that now a Burnley supporter um, has been charged with racially aggravating offence after allegedly aiming abuse at Brighton's player Gaetan Bong a Cameroon international Millwall have been charged by the Football Association for their for their fans and their alleged abuse on the Asian community during the FA Cup win over Everton so there's quite a sequence of things but recently it's come into fruition a lot especially earlier this week when Twitter said it will meet any stakeholders to show the proactive proactive work being done to tackle abuse uh, after 26 year old France midfielder Pogba was targeted following a missed penalty in a 1-1 draw at Wolves now several of Pogba's teammates including Rashford who was in the spotlight of who should take the penalty criticized the abuse that you know Pogba was getting online from all these we call them trolls while England's women's manager Phil Neville 
called for footballers to boycott social media. What do you think of that? Do you think footballers should just step away from social media? Would that be the answer? Text us on 4215 do or slide into our DMs at Omar Alduri or at Pulse95Radio.com and tell me, you know, is that a solution to reducing the amount of, let's say, haters, trolls, uh, people that just don't have a place in society, let alone sport? Should they boycott social media? Is that something they should be doing? Is that something that would, let's say, reduce that? Or as professionals being paid the amount that they're being paid, is that something they should just ignore? Now, the problem in modern uh, modern sport is unfortunately image rights. And what the athlete does off the pitch has a massive weight on the brand. So that also means that they have to document a lot of things through their sponsorships, through all these people that they have tied up with. But is that causing a problem in the game? Is that aggravating a problem in the game? And if you do boycott social media, does that mean they have won? Does that mean the people that are doing these things have managed to get you from going out of your norm? There's so many questions behind this. We've heard numerous times that players should walk off the field when racially abused. Some high-profile athletes have threatened to to do that in the past. But again, does that solve anything? You know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of things a lot, a lot of the time. And one of the people I love listening to is actually John Barnes, a, for, a former Liverpool expert, who uh, former Liverpool player and now pundit and expert, uh, really discusses racism in sport and where its place is. And famously, he had a banana skin thrown at him during a game, um, which again recently someone dealt with that quite well. Danny Alves was playing a match and had a banana thrown at him. What he did is he actually peeled the banana, took a bite out of it and chucked it back. And, you know, when you show no reaction, how many times are they going to keep doing it? You know, do you agree with that? The minority of incompetent people make that sort of noise and everyone gets punished for it. Or is that only way to make a statement is to walk away from the sport? Just like I agree with players staying on the pitch because they, if they've walked off, the incompetent people would win. What do you guys think of that? Text us on 4215, do or slide into our DMs at Omar Alduri or Pulse95Radio.com and let me know. If you do miss the show, guys, you can view us on Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. If you click in the Halftime Show, like it, review it, share it, pass on the information. We appreciate it. Remember, this show would be nothing without you guys. All the love. On this planet, from the heart of Sharjah on Pulse 95 with Omar during the halftime show. Stay tuned for more on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Sharjah. This is the halftime show with Omar Aduri on Pulse 95. Welcome back to the halftime show. Now, if you're just tuning in. We are talking about racism in sport. Now, for those that are um, tuning on the Instagram Live, you guys are coming in with some really good comments. Uh, Ro actually came up with something really good, especially with, um, he said, don't think the players should leave social media. It's not their fault. Think ex-players and pundits are looking for a reaction. So they say something that's controversial. I mean, I agree with that to some point. Obviously, it's, it's news, right? So the more you have a headliner, the more it's on next next day's back covers front covers and sometimes do we really believe in what they're saying you know some of these ex-professionals were in a different time now not saying it wasn't rougher or it wasn't more raw i definitely have respect for that but also the modern age is a lot more different now a lot of things evolve around the business side of the game but still 
I don't think there's any place whatsoever for racism in sport, regardless of whatever sport it is, regardless of wherever, whichever country it is, I don't think you have a place for that in there. And I strongly stand by that. But how would you react to abuse in sport? If obviously, some of you out there do play sport, do play, you know, at a competitive level, even just in the park. You know, how would you react to getting racially abused in sport? It's, it's definitely a topic that we can't ignore nowadays. And have you ever experienced it? And if you have, we'd like to hear about it, how you handled the experience and whether you received any support, you know, how you overcame that barrage. Did you just ignore? Did you step forward and address the situation? Did you report it to the referee or the officials? You know, is no reaction the key to handling incompetent people or people that have no place in society that's a big question for today and is it part of being a professional i'm not sure about you guys but i've heard i've heard it a few times where people have said oh don't react you know just just walk away but does that solve the problem it might solve you getting in trouble yes um but we always resemble sport to real life now if it happens in the street you have no referee or official let's say ideally you have the police but even if you did go up to the police and report you know being racially abused how serious will they take that is there any proof is the next question now when you're on a a football pitch a basketball uh, a basketball pitch a tennis court that's a different story altogether you have umpires you have officials you have referees who can step in those people and i agree with the people who are talking about it now um, on uh, on Instagram Live as well with me have no place in sport. A life ban is not enough for me. You know, some people are saying even jail sentence or even being punished severely. I agree with that. I really, honestly agree with that. You know, nowadays you think about it, uh, emotional uh, emotional abuse is just as hard as you know physical abuse nowadays. So. At what point do we take extreme measures and boycott sports, you know? Is that something that we stop or do we carry on and try and remove the minority? There's been a few famous incidents in the past. Obviously, I mentioned a few earlier. One of the ones that obviously stand to mind is the the famous Zinedine Zidane World Cup final with uh, Materazzi, the Italian defender, as France met Italy in the World Cup final on the biggest stage. Now, obviously, words were exchanged and sometimes there is a line and something that you don't cross and Materazzi definitely crossed the line but what the World Cup final will be very famous for is Zidane being sent off following um, the headbutt the famous headbutt on Materazzi after he had abused his mother his sister racially as well Zinedine Zidane coming from North African roots uh, had responded and completely took him out one of the saddest images in world football i think is him walking past the world cup final uh the world cup trophy on in the in the final it's definitely something that stands out um eric cantona at selhurst park uh, selhurst park let's say that properly um was racially abused and fly kicked <laughs> i shouldn't laugh but fly kicked um you know <laughs> The fan, who could, I'm sure he was sitting there just enjoying himself and just thinking, I'm just going to say something to Eric Cantona. Uh, and Eric Cantona completely wiped them out. And I think received a nine-month ban from sport for doing so. Also, we got to think that was probably over 25 years. God, I feel old. <laughs> 25 years ago is when Eric Cantona responded to that. Now, 
Let me know what you think, guys. With the topic that we're talking about today, it's not often something that we highlight in sport, but it's something we have to take note of and we have to spread awareness. And I'm using this platform to be able to raise that and more. Text us on 4215. Or if you already tuned in on our Instagram live, let me know how you would react and how you would respond to being racially abused if you haven't already. And how did you deal with that? You know, major topics in sport, something we cannot ignore. And there's plenty more to, to obviously to tackle apart from the two or three people I've mentioned today. And if you have missed the halftime show, remember to tune in uh, and and uh, and check us on Instagram Live or at the halftime show. Uh, you can also you can also uh, find us on Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. Uh, just click in the halftime show, Maldura, and you'll go straight through to that. Plenty more to come here. Coming up next, we're going to talk about boxing on the halftime show on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's Pulse 95. Welcome back to the halftime show. Now, if you're just tuning in, we had some really, really good uh, comments on Instagram Live regarding the topic of the day, which is racism in sport. Does it have a place in sport? How do we react to it and how do we handle it? One of the best comments I had on from uh, Roda was, if it happened on the pitch, he said he would obviously get referees and officials involved. If, if it happened off the pitch, he'd handle it a different way. But one thing he would do is use social media to spread the word. And I love that comment by Ro, especially when it came down to how you can sometimes use technology in your favor to get an outcome where it spreads people and also shames the people that are in that environment, are in that uh, zone, do um, do abuse people on a regs. That's something that I definitely, definitely want to highlight. But on today's show, we're not only talking football, we're not only talking racism, we're talking boxing, which is something that happened over the weekend. We had this big uh, show on Saturday previewing the week ahead. And one of the things we did highlight was Sergei Kovalev, who faced Anthony Yard. Um, he survived an eight-round scare to knock out Britain's Anthony Yard to defend his WBO World Light Heavyweight title in a thrilling fight. For those that watched it, Yard looked on the brink of glory, but the champion's know-how shone through. Despite being fatigued himself, Kovalev responded well and pounced on a, on a tiring Yard to land an 11th round knockout. Many in boxing questioned how good he was based on the caliber of opposition he had faced, while his trainer Tunde Ajayi has faced criticism for stating he does not endorse sparring in preparation. Now Yard though looked undoubtedly good especially as he answered questions over whether he can take punches and he was quite composed during the fight. But in the eighth round, it looked like he was a few punches away from bringing Kovalev to, his, to, you know, to, to the ground. But how he managed to stay on his feet till the bell showed his experience and his grit to stay in. Yard described it as a learning curve and gained a lot of admirers following his defeat, including his opponent who labelled uh, Yard amazing and said he's a future champion. This now sets up a fight with Canelo, according to the media, who matched the two giants, Canelo versus um, Kovalev, in a big up-and-coming fight. I don't know. I, I w obviously, I might be biased because being from London and, and having worked with Tundai myself, 
I thought I thought Anthony I was seconds away from knocking him out. And if he had knocked him out, we'd be talking a different story. And for those that criticized Anthony Yard beforehand, it was very easy to then say, yeah, we told you so. But the champion is a champion for a reason, and that's being able to, to endure uh, such rounds. And it was a brilliant fight. But unified world heavyweight champion Andy Ruiz Jr. says he wants to finish Anthony Joshua's career after confirming he will contest a rematch in Saudi Arabia. The Mexican Ruiz 29 shocked Britain's Joshua in New York in June to win the WBA, IBF, WBO and IBO world titles. And on September, oh, I'm sorry, on December, I wish it was September, on December the 7th, the two will meet in the match anticipated to be a big, big fight in the race to be the greatest with Wilder, Fury and Joshua. But now you have to include Ruiz because he is the champion. Was it a fluke or was Ruiz the better fighter? Was Joshua complacent or did he give his best and not 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 match Ruiz's power? Because you've got to remember that Joshua did knock Ruiz down. That's another thing that people tend to forget. So. I don't know if it was a fluke, but I definitely think it's going to be a very, very good match. And again, I don't know about you guys, but for me, just looking at the two body types, Anthony Joshua is magazine cover material when it comes to the physique he has. Andy Ruiz isn't. But that just tells you looks isn't everything. And conditioning the body does not mean externally you look good. Well... I don't think he will be complacent in the rematch. I think he'll definitely come on switched on. Boxing fans, what do you think? Was it a lucky punch or will Ruiz do it again in December and beat Joshua? Text us on 4215 do, or if you're on Instagram live at Omar Duri or Pulse95Radio.com, do let us know. I, I'd really like to hear that. I've heard mixed things in boxing and a lot of people confident that Ruiz will do it again. But I think it's too early to count Anthony Joshua off. It is part of his journey. He has approached it in the right way in terms of how he has responded to defeat. But that's what makes champions champions. Ali did it. Tyson did it. And now it's time for Joshua to step up to the plate. So let us know what you think. Uh, Will Ruiz get a second victory? Or will Joshua move on from this chapter, beat Andy Ruiz? And I'm interested that they picked Saudi Arabia as as a destination rather than the US and rather than England. So it's quite an interesting neutral ground. So let's see how that goes. But coming up next, we do a weekend roundup of the sport, the headlines, what's hot, what's not. And we definitely pick out the performance of the weekend. Coming up next on Pulse95 on the Halftime Show. Stay tuned for more. From the heart of Shasha, Pulse95. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. If you're just tuning in, you missed a hell of a show today. We talked about racism in sport. If it has a place in sport, how do you respond to it? How do you react to it? Have you ever experienced it before? And what's going on in the boxing world? We just spoke about that. But now we're doing a little quick weekend recap. Before I do that, shout out to Ruda, Cooking with Zayn, Chef Jareen, Murad, Susie, Everyone is tuned in on Instagram Live who's been interacting with me, keeping me busy during the break, during the music. 
It's great to have you guys. Remember, the halftime show would be nothing without its halftimers and a weekend recap. Now, one of the things that definitely struck a chord yesterday across the sports world was the cricket. After England had had such a successful campaign during the World Cup, the Ashes hasn't gone the way it has to has to for them. And everyone talks about the Headingham Test of 1981 with Ian Botham's batting and Bob Willis's bowling. And of course, it's regarded as one of England's greatest test victories. But now... Will people be talking about Headingley 2019? Because this was right up there. Stokes finished unbeaten on 135 as England recorded the highest successful chase in one of the most remarkable finishes seen in Test cricket. All I could see was all the headlines, all the tweets, all all the bullets hitting my phone telling me to tune in to this finale when it came down to England's performance. But what next for England? Do you think this was everything, all the gas put in one show, or is there much more to come from them? In other news, Barcelona came back from a 1-0, from 1-0 to 5-2 against Real Betis. It hasn't quite been going to plan for Valverde, and the way this game started, it looked like it might be another bad day at the office. A Barcelona with no Messi or Suarez put all the responsibility on one man, Antoine Griezmann, who scored two and assisted one at the new camp. There's definitely a lot of talk about whether Neymar will be joining and I bet you a lot of these teams can't wait till the transfer windows open. Definitely not a headache England are facing in their league as they closed the transfer window right before the league started. But all the other teams around Europe, and I know one of my friends, a sports agent, Safe, shout out to Safe, is probably listening and tuned in out there trying to get last minute deals done for these clubs. Now, the opening season in Syria kicked off with the business as usual for Juventus as they beat Parma 1-0. Milan lost to Udinese. Uh, Lazio beat Sampdoria 3-0. Roma drew with Genoa 3-3. But the game of the weekend goes to Napoli, who beat Fiorentina 4-3. Now, many pip Ancelotti's Napoli to win Syria despite Juventus, Sarri and Cristiano Ronaldo. And in England, we had a few shock results as... Tottenham lost, that was one. Manchester United lost. And we are looking at an interesting season as Manchester City just got over the line 3-1, although you could feel they were in second to third gear for most of the game. But Liverpool obviously defeated Arsenal. Manchester City are up there. And next weekend, we got a few more ties as Arsenal meet Tottenham in the North London derby. Arsenal fans... Let me know what you think about that. Uh, Following the defeat against Liverpool, that is the ultimate test. But how do you feel the result will go up against Tottenham? Manchester United fans, how are you feeling about the current situation with Pogba, Rashford, Solskjaer? Is Pogba's mind elsewhere until this transfer window closes? And will United surprise a few and finish in the top four this year? All the action is is literally lighting up as we, we waited. It felt like ages we waited months and months for sport and we got it all in one go now so there's definitely something to keep us busy and if you have missed the podcast uh, sorry if you have missed the show you can view us on apple Podcasts or soundcloud or text us on 4215 and let us know what you think for those that have tuned in i appreciate all the love and support you guys are doing um but with that hold on let me just check if we got any questions in we've got a few questions in. what do you think of the current Arsenal situation and do you feel that Emery is worth being trusted for well, a good point 
I have a lot of respect for Emery because of what he's doing and he's not shy to implement his own ideas. I think at the moment, he's definitely got the tools he can play with. Yet last year, I don't think he had that. Um, but I still think he needs time. But I think at the end of the season, he will be assessed properly. And if not successful, then a lot of things will be questioned in terms of how, you know, how successful is the season at Arsenal now? Is top four the aim uh, for now? Because I think Liverpool and City are in different different stages. We're about three years away from where Liverpool were at one point. So plenty to look forward to with Emery and the Arsenal fans. And especially now that they've got a few signings in, they will need time to integrate it, but they're not so far away. What do I think of the situation at Chelsea? I think it's good. I think they have some stability for once. They're not expected. It's almost, I wouldn't say it's a free pass, but I would say he has a year to deal with the players he has until he can actually be judged on the transfers he gets. He is a, an, a manager that's only had one year experience. So this also is good for him. So he'll add another year to his CV. Players like Mason Mount, uh, he's worked with before. Tammy Abraham, uh, obviously being in the same division last year. <coughs> I definitely think that uh, they're on the right track. But it'll be interesting to see how Pulisic works. Um, Alonso hasn't been in favour. Emerson has. I'm still not sure about their defence. Um, but I do think there's much more to come from them. Uh, especially if he gets Barkley, Kovacic singing. Willian still hasn't peaked. That's another one. So there's plenty on for Chelsea um, to come up for. Who will finish in the top four? I know City and Liverpool are in a league of their own. Then it comes down to Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United uh, creeping in after that. So let me know what you think. If you guys think that there, there is a chance for them to finish it off in style, are United going to finish in the top four? Are Chelsea going to finish in the top four? Will it be okay if they don't? In Italy, Napoli, uh, Juventus, plenty, plenty of sport coming up. And we've got a week until that. All here on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm.